And th- I'm just trying to figure out what the significance of this is. I mean, one out of two people, traumatic brain injury. Traumatic brain injury is, is getting a shot in the head or a shot in the body or a, a, something penetrating your, your, your skull. Why is this important to know about homeless people? Right, Terry. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on your Pleasure. Today. Yeah, so um, yeah, you basically recounted it uh, well. So this study, which is basically a synthesis of the world literature on the topic, and what we found was that a little more than half of people uh, in these homeless cohorts have a history of traumatic brain injury, um, and more strikingly probably about a quarter have you know, what we call moderate or severe injuries, which is probably about 10 times higher than the regular population. And yeah, yeah. why that's, yeah, like, and you know, why that's important, and there's other reasons, but mainly it's because it affects their functioning. So and another part of this study focuses on the fact that it's associated with poorer physical health, mental health, uh, higher suicide risk, memory concerns, increased health services use, and more criminal justice system involvement. It's so sad, eh? Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, just as you're talking, I'm thinking of people on the street, and, I mean, they, you know, they really don't have a shot, do they? Pretty much. Well, so, and being on the street, it looks like it's, uh, it's bidirectional. So the traumatic brain injury uh, can be a potent factor getting you on the street, but then when you're on the street, you're also very vulnerable. So your chances of sustaining a traumatic brain injury once you're there look to be, you know, markedly higher than the, uh, you know, the chance for you and me. Um, and, you know, again, just going back to that sort of the severe range, another you know, thing that we noticed is that when you, because as part of our studies down there, we've got a large research team of very motivated young students and other people. Um, we do brain scans on uh, many of our participants, and you know, almost 10% of them on an MRI scan of the brain actually have you know small visible parts of their brain missing. That's likely from trauma. So it's not just they're you know they're having an injury, um, but it looks like they're having pretty severe injuries. But it, it, taking it to the chicken and egg, you couldn't establish whether. TBI increases the risk of homelessness, or it was the other way around, right? You still that still needs work to try to figure that out, right? Although, I mean, but I mean, if if you're if you're carrying this this burden onto the street, it sure doesn't help, uh, as you just said. Right, um, and that's actually an interesting observation. So, um, in answer to your first one, um, yes, we're looking into now it's ca- it's causality. So, which one? caused the other and it does look like it's bi-directional um uh, but it's something we're trying to you know firm up with studies now so that you can then you know potentially try to you know, target effective treatments you know where where when the injury is occurring and try to prevent the all the other repercussions of it um but but yeah the walking around homeless you know, with a brain injury these brain injuries affect things that aren't obvious to mm-hmm. to a lot of people. I mean, this is, your, this is because the parts of your brain that are most vulnerable are what we call the frontal and temporal lobes, the front and the sides of your brain. And that's where your mood, you know, 
your thinking, your memory, and your behavior comes from. So they go unnoticed because they're not they're rare. It's, it happens, but it's very rare that you have a, a brain injury and you become paralyzed, say, because that's not generally the most vulnerable part of the brain. So they're silently walking around with these problems, which accentuate all the other problems that they have that we can get into. But there's a myriad of other issues, uh, challenges and, and barriers that homeless people face. And yes, they are, they're more vulnerable and less able to, to deal with all that's going on because of these brain injuries. So where do we go from here, given what you found out? I mean, you, you, you mentioned treatments. I mean... If anybody's not a political factor in raising money to get treatment for themselves, it's the homeless, no doubt. So how does society, what can society do to what? To, to, to make society better and to make these people, and by definition, make these people's lots in life better? What can we do when you say treatments? So, I mean, I, first of all, I really like that. I haven't heard that. I really like that observation that, uh, that they're not a political force. And that is actually a, uh, a, a primary point, I think, that we'd like to make, is they can't self-advocate right. for their own health, you know, for their own services. Um, and more than that, you know, there is a stigma attached to the population, you know, as being, you know, difficult. And it's, you know, in, in some parts, it's in, in some ways, that can be true. And so, you know, knowing, you know, one part is just education, educating caregivers, educating the public that, that you know, instead of you know, when you view the whole person and that behavior, being able to ascribe it to like, look, they had potentially a horrific brain injury, right? It engenders more empathy, okay. right, in some people. And it helps, you know, maybe not help them self-advocate, but it helps other people to be motivated to advocate for them. So, you know, so that's one thing. Now, two, we do have um, you know, every you know major city has a uh, a medical system in place to deal with the uh, recovery issues, post traumatic brain injury, and which includes you know things like housing them in appropriate places where they don't become vulnerable and victims, right? So it's getting them back into those streams to be able to prevent you know further further damage or deterioration. And we do have some uh, targeted treatments, just I mean, some cognitive rehabilitation therapies that some of these people would benefit from. So, you know, it spans the range of things, but we definitely can do things to improve the situation. You know, I'm a 60s guy, but I got to tell you, you got soul. Wow. <laughs> I mean Thank it. Thank you very much. I mean it. It just comes through. Uh, Thank you for sharing this. I mean, I, we could go on for hours about this. It's such a loaded, loaded issue. But yeah. at least this is a, it's both a giant and a small step forward, eh? I mean, for, for the rest of us to take cognizance of, I would think, right? And that's, and that's what it's going to take, right? You know, right now, you, you have to try to topple the barriers that you can. And so, you know, this is a small step. It's a small step in educating and um, bringing it to light in hopefully a important and humane way. And then, you know, now uh, we're out looking for, you know, more money and more resources to look at the situation, you know, in a, in, with, a, with a sharper lens, you know, so that we really can try to, try to make some headway for this problem that exists, you know, all over the world.